0: Hey guys, Walter Fetchik here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV Guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section, we have got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassener, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sports book.
1: Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King-Wassonar, and welcome to week six of the NALCS Guess the Lines podcast. That's, that's right. For all you North American fans who might have missed it on our EU episode, Walter has the belt, the guessed the lines, championship belt. Uh, we, he's, been, he, he's been on a roll recently, he's tied up with me in our challenge. He's got the new belt now, he's got riff Rivals under his belt. This is all going horrendously wrong for me, But I, so I'm gonna have to try to, to make up for it. But until then, why don't we ask my, my good friend and, and co-host and Guest the lines champion. Well also see Eddie How are How you doing man? It's
0: it's Guest Align's World Heavyweight Champion. You need to get the title right, but at least at least you watch the video and you now know how to appropriately and respectfully address me. So I will concede that. Thank you so much. Uh, it is it is great to be here. It is wonderful to be back talking about the superior region in the world that is North America. Uh, because uh, as Kelsey Mosey brought up on Twitter, if you look at, you know, the percentage of games won at Rift Rivals, you know, North America was like 71%. That was the highest of any region that competed at any Rift Rivals. So I, I have to say, you know, North America is number one. and It is only appropriate that we get back to season zero League of Legends, where Chicks Dig Elo won, uh, won the 2010 WCG Championship, the unofficial first World Championship in League of Legends, so so cheers to everyone, and like I said, European fans, you guys still have time to become citizens of Denmark and join the United States as the 51st state. You still have plenty of time. It's still going through parliamentary procedure, so so get over there, establish your citizenship. I need to learn, like, their national anthem or something so I can, like, you know, drive them into the arms of the United States.
1: I mean, good luck learning how to speak Danish. That's a tough language. But also, I guess, is this a bad time to point out that Turkey won 84% of their games in their Rift Rivals event over Russia? Because they actually had the most of any one region. Because they only lost three games across the entire event, uh, having four teams that each played four each, uh, and then the three... Major finals. region. Major region. Yeah, there major you go. You can, a- actual he,
0: major region. Come on, Turkey. It's
1: a North American trait to always come up with more and more qualifiers to justify the good things that you do. It's great. Look, I, this is the Superior region right now, and, and nice. we do need to talk about how they proved themselves as the better team in this Rift Rivals event. As much as it breaks my, my European heart, this is a, a North American squad, and more specifically, your North American squad, that ultimately came out on top how are you feeling about TSM after this event? Are you feeling better or worse than you did heading into it? Has it changed any of your assessments of them? So,
0: I, I feel better because it looked like season, uh, season six TSM. It looked like double lift, you know, going into Worlds, one of the top four teams in the world. It had that kind of swagger to it. Like, look at Svenskeren. Svenskeren was the MVP of the finals, and despite the fact that Mike Young won the, you know, the MVP of the group stage, like, Svenskeren looked good. Like, I can't really remember too many times of him, like, blindly invading and getting caught out. Like, it seems like he's got that swagger back. He's like, all right, I, I know I can style on these kids. I know I can go out there and make plays. I can force things to happen. Um, and maybe it was just because he was against weaker, uh, like, aggressive early game junglers. Like, going back and, and, and watching some film and, like, you're looking at the European junglers, they make plays through like lane ganks mostly or by using the um, the blast cones to hop over walls, Like they aren't a, I'm running a straight path at you. They're more of, I'm gonna kind of sneak my way in here and I'm gonna set up in this bush or, or that type of thing where a lot of the North American junglers are like, your jungle is my jungle now. I'm gonna walk into your jungle, I'm gonna come kill you, I'm gonna then go around behind your top laner, force their flash, I'm gonna go do my gromp and then I'm gonna go right back top through the river at, like, they're very much. It, it seems telegraphed if you had good warding, but it is more of a brute force. We're coming to get you. We're hunting you down. Uh, it, it feels like if you played, like, the Friday the 13th game, it's like Jason, when he just activates his, like, teleport ability, he just you know, zooms right towards where the campers are. And then all of a sudden, he's in the middle of a group of four kids, and he's like, all right, I'm going to kill all of you now. It's great. If you haven't played the game, play it. It's fun. I think it's past its, like, fad stage where everyone on twitch is playing it but it's great it's it's good fun so that was kind of like that was tsm especially i think contracts had some moments where he was kind of skittish not really having much international competitive experience i feel like cloud nine was the weakest of the north american teams by far i thought their laners were pretty weak outside of jensen i thought that the only playmaker on the Rift for them was jensen and then these occasional moments where contracts Pulled up his big boy pants and said, "All right, I'm gonna do what Mike Young is doing and just go balls to the wall." Mike Young played like a man possessed. Yeah. I I don't think he has any fear. No, like, I I don't think he. I think he is just relishing all of this attention and relishing this moment and going. I might not be here next split. I might not be here in six weeks. So I'm just gonna go all out. And he's he's a straight baller. He just doesn't care. He and and the difference is going to be in his second split because he's going to be in there for a second split. Like he has earned a spot in the LCS as a starting jungler to me. Now like, it's going to be getting smarter, and I don't want that like becoming a smarter jungler to lose that edge, to lose that sense of aggression. Um, but at the same time, the winds of a meta change are coming, and that. I don't know how much, how, like, if you're going to be able to play Nidalee. I don't know how much you're going to be able to play, like, a full damage lease in. I don't know how much you're going to be able to play full AP least. Like, I'm not certain about these things, especially as we move back into Rek'Sai and Gragas and Zac, where you can be aggressive junglers on them, but if you get a whole bunch of gold and a whole bunch of kills on them, you can't really carry the game. Um, But as a whole, North America looked great. They looked like they adapted to the meta, and they forced all the European teams to play North America style. And Europe just was kind of dragged along for the ride. Like, they were happy to be there. They're like, eh, we stayed home. We don't have to travel. Like, eh, it's whatever. No big deal. You know, staycation.
1: Two things I think that you pointed out that I really want to address. Uh, The first about Mike Young, and you talk about that fearlessness that's defining him. Uh, he had an interview with Kelsey Moser on Slingshot eSports that I highly recommend to people if you're interested in learning more about him as a player I, I think he's kind of a fascinating story right now and, and his quote when when talked about this uh, is that quote I've learned that the best way to play is to play without the fear of making a mistake how I want to play from out here on out is even if I go 0 and 6 even if I feed I'll know that I'm still making proactive plays I'm not going to have any regrets that is 100% what we want to hear from a guy in this spot. It's the kind of thing that made us fall in love with Acadian, and in why I still value him yes. quite highly. Yep. I, I think that what we learned at this event that, that really echoes that sentiment is that being proactive, especially in the early game, is essential in this meta in order to survive. I think that the big flaw that we saw exposed in Europe, as I mentioned on yesterday's pod, is that they didn't have that proactiveness. They were so used to staying back and waiting to scale up and it looked cleaner because there weren't as many fights happening in the early game but it was not it was hiding a larger problem. Mm-hmm. You know there weren't a lot of early deaths or whatever else that you would kind of associate with weird play but there weren't decisions being made and when North America was able to dictate the pace of the game it went very nicely for you, and they were able to do quite well at the event um, you know, I, I'm less worried about uh, Cloud9 than you are. I, I think I'll get into that more when we talk about an in individual oh, oh, game. Okay,
0: okay. I, I
1: hate this because
0: everyone takes what I say about Cloud9 as I'm worried about them or I don't like them or, or this or that, and I keep hating having to repeat myself. They're a good team. I don't think they can be great with this roster. That's the difference. There is a very fine thin line between good and great can this team win an NALCS title absolutely I totally think that they can win an NALCS title they might win it this year if if you know their top laner decides to you know get its head back in his brain you know its brain back in his head or whatever like that's totally possible I don't think they can become great in a way that you see TSM bringing back double if goes from good to great Like There is a line between being a good team and being a great team, and then there's a line between being a great team and being SKT levels of great. We had Rocks Tigers that constantly bounced between that type of line, where some moments they looked like, yep, we can take on SKT, and then there were other moments where you're like, nah, SKT is just that step above. I don't think with this roster, with Impact slash Ray, with Contracts, with Jensen, with Sneaky and Smoothie, that, that Cloud9 roster can be great, can be competitive on a large-scale international scene where we're talking about Worlds, when we're talking about if they showed up at MSI, that type of thing. That, that's what I'm looking at when I see that. Like Cloud9 is great. They're one of the best franchises in North America. They're one of the best teams in North America year in and year out. I want to see them go from good to great, and I don't think with Sneaky and with Impact Slash Ray they can make that leap. I think with Jensen, Smoothie, and Contracts, they have a core that can be part of that team. But you have Sneaky and you have Impact slash Ray. Impact and Ray are their own separate thing, but you have Sneaky that he is the same exact guy since Season 4. I don't think he's improved by as much as Jensen is split to split, which I I will concede. He somehow continues to improve. I, I don't get it. But statistically, he's the best player in North America and probably the best player in the West, so... Fine, I'll concede. Jensen keeps improving. But I don't see that with Sneaky at all.
1: Yeah, there's a great quote on Twitter, and I forget which analyst said this, but someone pointed out that there's a mistake that we make from time to time where we associate consistency with skill level. Sneaky is an incredibly consistent player. He's been consistent throughout his entire career. Yep. He's consistently good. Um, he's not great. He's good. He, he performs in, in a competent level. He's not going to be the thing that kills you but he's also not the big playmaker more often than not. I will have a couple games here and there, but he's not the guy that this team needs to rely upon if they're going to win games. He's not really asked to be, so you can argue whether or not that's a good or bad. I I lean towards the side of they would be better off finding a long-term option that has a little bit more of a ceiling. I, I will say the one thing that gives me an idea that maybe Cloud9 can get from good to great on an international kind of scale is acquiring Lulex as a specifically early game pathing coach. They 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 brought him in not really to push contracts per se but to just add that kind of insight as to how the early game works and how you can find these little advantages, how you can be more mobile around the map. And I think that's been Cloud9's biggest weakness over the past year. Like, you know, Jensen stayed in lane 100% of the time in the Spring Split, right? They had to kind of play around the idea that for the first 15 minutes they weren't going to make a lot of plays. I think they started to try some things at Rift Rivals it didn't necessarily work, let's be clear. Uh, Ray, for instance, had a 1.6 KDA at this event. Uh, that didn't, he, it did not go very well for him uh, when he came on. And Impact, it didn't go very well for him either. You can tell that the top laners were not used to getting as little attention as they did. So that's something that they're still figuring out the details of it, but I do think it gives them a higher ceiling in the long run uh, to make that change. So I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that develops. That's the one thing I think that might shift their ceiling versus what I'd seen from them in the past. But we have to see, you know. Cloud9's brought in a whole bunch of coaches before where we've said the same kind of thing. So we need to see it actually take that next step. But uh, but that'll be something to watch. You know what else you should be watching? Our smart money bets in North America, because we're killing it. We went two and one last week. Uh, envious plus 170 over Dignitas, that was a win. We had Cloud9 even over CLG. Very close series, didn't end up going our way, but I feel good about the bet. Mm-hmm. And uh, TSM plus 115 over Immortals. Fact, the fact, that TSM had plus odds against Immortals was silly, and we were happy to take advantage of that. That puts it at 10 and 6 for the split. We have $731 in the black in, uh, in North America. Whoo, yeah, we're killing it. Whoo, whoo, whoo.
0: And it only makes sense that it's the North American region where, you know, I, I don't have to pick up the belt. I, you guys can see right here, I got the little symbol that shows that I'm the champion. So, I don't have to inundate you with the belt all the time. I, I'm the champ. North America won Rift Rivals. We're, we're super in the black in North America. Like, Chase, buddy, it's just all falling apart for you.
1: It, it's been a rough couple weeks I'm not going to lie, I'm watching Rock. I think as soon as Rockat lost to Vitality, I knew things were not going my way, and it's just kind (laughs) of spiraled from there. Immortals went 0-2, Rift Rivals happened. I don't like any of this, but I'm going to try to turn things around uh, by putting out a good performance here in our Guest Alliance Challenge. And we start with CLG versus FlyQuest, first series of the week. CLG, the team that a lot of people were hoping, you know, were wishing could go to the event, right? They were like, oh, man, I can't believe we're going to send Phoenix 1 when CLG is right here in a much stronger team at this moment in time. Obviously, Phoenix 1 proved a lot of people wrong and we're very happy that they did, but I don't think that should hamper the CLG hype. Where are you standing on, on the CLG hype after a nice win over Cloud9 last week?
0: Can they win game two? like, can we not have a three-game series? Wasn't this a huge knock against TSM in the spring that, like, every game goes to three games? Why does every series have to go to three games? Um, yeah, again, this is another team that I look at them, and I go, okay, how do they go from good to great? And I think for them, it's it's consistency. Like, can I just get one... Best of three series where it goes two games. It's decisive game one, decisive game two. Dardoch styles on everyone. Darshan does what he has to do in the top lane. Hui plays, you know, two of the 35 champions that he knows how to play is, but he plays them well. The bot lane is the most consistent part of this thing. Like, I'm not worried about Aphromoo or A at all. Like, mm-hmm. they're fine. But when I talk about consistency, it's this upper half of the map where I'm just like... I, I, I know I need at least two of you guys to be okay. Like, I need two of you guys to play well. The third just needs to be, like, eh. You can be the bard Like, you can be mediocre. But, like, the other two have to play great, and then this team, team does well. But when two of those guys are just off, especially Dardoch, because Dardoch influences so much of the map when he's on his game, it just... I'm worried. Like, what happens when this goes to a best of five? Like, we've seen game one is excellent from CLG, game two is mediocre, they look like crap, and then game three is somewhere in the middle. Okay, what happens in game four? What happens in game five? Like, is game four they're going to be amazing again? In game five they're going to be trash? Like, I, I don't know. But the fact that they can't take care of business against teams that they're better than in best of three series. And that even against good teams, they look so brutally dominant in Game 1 and then take a giant steaming poo in Game 2. Who's showing up? Who's showing up game in and game out? Who's going to show up day in and day out? Like, I I am... I'm so confused by this team because this team could be really, really good. Like, this team could go undefeated in the region if they if they were consistent, if they were playing at 80% of their best game in and game out, this would be a two horse race between TSM and CLG to win the title. Now it's TSM's on top and there's these other three teams kind of clustered beneath them. And if I'm anyone, I want CLG to be the force. Like I want to play CLG in the playoffs. I would love to play against CLG in the playoffs. I think they're the weakest of those four teams, which sucks because I love Dardock. I want to see him at worlds.
1: Yeah, it's weird that we're saying this about the team that's in first, but I I think you could really tell when you uh when you looked at social media for last week, you know, the the joke was, oh man, Team Liquid's so bad they can't even beat CLG in game two. Like that's that's where we are, right? That's this is this inconsistency that has become so marked for them and, and has plagued them mm-hmm. to such a large extent. And as an Immortals fan, I I told you guys this was gonna happen at the beginning of the split. Because you have Dardock as the juggler. Like that's just it, it, he is perfectly... Uh, he, he is the essence of this problem. I'm not going to say that he is always the problem. There are other players that certainly make mistakes in those games. It's not like only dardok is throwing in Game 2. But Dardok is a player. He's a very feast or famine. He's very, you know, all in or just completely shut out. And I think that the team mimics that. That's something that Immortals really struggled with is they would do really well in Game 1 and then they lose in game two and the problem with the mortals is they couldn't win that game three and CLG deserves credit they're winning that game three but it's not the cleanest game three and you really would if you if we want to say that you're the best team in the league that you deserve the number one ranking and no one should, you know can step to that it, it shouldn't be quite this hard uh, for you to get that that best of three win uh, they're making it harder for themselves TSM has the Better game score uh, if you look at individual maps versus series, and I think that that shows where they are right now. Um, What do you think the line for this is, Walter, as they go off against FlyQuest? Uh,
0: FlyQuest won last week.
1: Yeah. FlyQuest won twice last week. (sighs) We'll we'll get to the.
0: CLG minus 350. Ah, dang
1: it. You got that. I went too low. I said CLG minus three thirty-three, CLG minus four seventy-six. Casinos are not believing yet, uh, at least with that line. Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: where does that put FlyQuest?
1: Plus three twenty. It's in play. I mean. I can't. I, I can't play. Well, we'll we we'll get into some FlyQuest thoughts later. Um, but I, I well, look, it's it's complicated. What's, what's three maps
0: on this? Three maps, three maps is maps. definitely going to be good odds.
1: Yeah, three maps on this is going to be uh, plus 135. It's actually quite nice. So that's, that's in play. That's something. We're going to move on. That's something. Immortals versus Echo Fox. <sighs> Can you do me a favor and talk me off the ledge? Because, like, I, I mean, I, at the time, like, when we lost to TSM, I was like, look, you know, TSM's a great team. There's no shame in losing to TSM. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league. They're always top-tier team. it makes us 1-1 one one over the split, I'm happy we got a single win over TSM in the regular season. Like, if you asked preseason Chase, and he's like, hey, can you, we go 1-1 one one against TSM this split, are you happy with that? I would say yes. But losing to Phoenix 1 is a little bit different to me. That's a different level of loss, not to take away from anything P1 is doing. Uh, I, I think they might be the most dangerous six seed in the hunt for the sixth seed that we've had it a long time, but but as Immortals, like, I mean, what do we make from this? Is, is this a this team has proven that they're not as good as we thought they were, or is this a they had one bad week uh, and they're going to get back on the on the horse this week and, and turn things around?
0: I I want to say it's I, I, I really do want to say oh this just you know they just got knocked off last week it was a bump the road. I'm worried what the ceiling is for this team. Because we sort of know who Flame is in his career. We sorta of know who Ick Smithy is. We sorta of know who Poe Belter is. The only ones we really don't have a very firm picture of is this bot lane of Ale and and Cody's son. Cody I, I like the jury's still out on him. I think, in my opinion, like we still need to see him. We haven't seen him in like a Corky Ezreal Triforce meta yet. We haven't really seen him in like a super hard late game carry meta that is just sorting this, you know, starting to sort of rear its ugly head with Tristana and Twitch and Kog'Maw and Caitlyn. Like we still haven't seen him in these other kind of metas. So I, I'm not saying. We're anywhere close to knowing what his ceiling is, what his floor is, whether he's a good eighty carry, a bad eighty carry, anything. And Ale, uh, Ale, again, like, we've seen a bit of him internationally. If you pay attention to LMS, you pay attention to him when he was in Korea. Like, we sort of know who he is, and he's a rich man's Kiwi kid. And, like, that's okay. A rich man's Kiwi kid can work. You can make that sort of player really fit into what you're doing. I'm just not sure... All of these pieces go together the way they're currently playing. Like, Flame can make plays. That's great. That's fine. Uh, I don't know if you see the new Thornmail changes, but Flame is never going to play another carry champion for as long as he lives while that fight is in the game. He's going to go back to tanks, and he can he can play tanks. It's not like he's bad at them, but it sort of is going to like damage him like it's going to damage someday. I don't want to see him on tanks. I want to see him on a Camille on Renekton on more of these carry style of champions where they can exert more influence straight up by just deleting people instead of like okay I've gotta protect my carries. And the big thing that this points to me is Poe Belter. Poe Belter has to be the primary carry then. And we've only seen one split out of Poe Belter where he's okay being the primary carry. Where he's like where that fits in that mold, and that was the summer split with Immortals, when they had Hooney uh Hooney and Rainover. Hooney was the primary carry, but Poe Belter was a really good secondary carry. That was the split that Wild Turtle kinda of fell off and they and they sort of switched roles where Poe Belter was more the secondary carry and Wild Turtle was the you know the tertiary, more the utility guy with Ash and whatnot. That was the only time in Poe Belter's entire career where he's really looked like, yeah, I can be a secondary carry. Even when he was playing on CLG, he was playing third fiddle to, to Zion Spartan and, and Doublelift. Like, this, now he's going to have to be the primary carry on this team because I don't want to put that pressure on Cody's son. I don't want to tell this guy that's only been really competitive for, you know, this is the second split in the LCS. I don't want to tell him and be like, all right, 35 minutes into a game, I need someone to get a quadra kill here. Cody, it's on you. Like, you have to do it with Tristana or Twitch or Caitlyn. Like, you have to do this when we haven't seen him play those champions a lot. Like, I want to put that on my veteran. I want to put that on Pobelter and be like, listen, like, you're playing Syndra or Oriana. I need you to hit a four-man shockwave for me. And I'm just – I'm afraid Pobelter isn't that guy. I'm afraid he's very comfortable just being that third guy on the team – He's like, you know, I've, I'm positive he is more comfortable being like Chris Bosh on Miami with LeBron and Wade than he is being Chris Bosh once Wade and LeBron left. Like, that's the difference is he needs to have that moment where he's like, all right, I'm the alpha dog, let me do this. And I just don't think he has it in.
1: If you were going to point to a time in which he was the primary carry, 2015 Spring on Echo, uh, on Winter Fox, excuse me, he was the number one guy on a team that was surrounded by <laughs> not good talent, they won, hold on, hold on, hold on, bad team. They won seven games. People forget this. They went seven and eleven. That is better than most of the bad teams we think of when we think of the worst teams in the LCS. The fact that that roster won seven games was purely due to Poe Belcher's willpower. Sure. Like he he carried one of the worst LCS players of all time in Avalon, and they got seven wins. Like. I understand, like, I, I'm like, this is the first and only time anyone is ever going to refer to a per- player from Winter Fox as a positive trait, but like, th- that would be the time, but you know what? I don't think he enjoyed that very much. I think that speaks to your point of, does he want to be the primary carry? Probably not. I think Cody Sun is more comfortable with it than, than you're indicating. I think his Varus and his, his Ash, you know, we don't think of them as maybe hyper carries in the same way, but they are great initiators, and we're looking now at a beta with these Thornmails coming in that auto-attack 80 carries might not be where you want to be. You know, a, a Twitch might fall off quite a bit because of those kinds of changes. And and I, I know we have a couple people in our Discord who have been a little bit more skeptical of the Thornmail changes. Uh, gr- Grievous Wound plus Attack Speed Slow, it's going to be cruel and unusual. And I, I, I think as soon as you guys try it out for yourself... What do yourself, you do when
0: a Darius is running you down with Thornmail and you're a Caitlyn?
1: yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, is you gotta think about it from that angle rather oh than in the same God. way that so like really comparing it to to randuans. Like it's no. not a No. <laughs> the no, it's Grievous
0: Grievous no. gra- w- <laughs> gra- Wounds or one of those two will be removed from that item by World's Patch. Has to be. Has to be.
1: We're not we're not going back into a world of Thornmails the way we had League of Cleavers. Like we can't. Well, actually, I'm not, I don't want to say Ugh. that, because we could.
0: Well, I mean, we're going to have at least a patch of it. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll have a patch where everyone's just going to be building Thornmails, and I, I guess we're going to see more Ziggs in the bot lane. <laughs> we're going to see 80-carry Ari.
1: <laughs> hey, 80-carry Corky. It's happening. Corky. It's, it's back. returned back Tri-Farce, to its, uh, its rightful spot. It's going to be fun. I I, I like Cody's son, uh, and I, I, I want to trust him, but I do understand what you're, what you're saying. I, I'm nervous. I wasn't nervous until this week, but I lost the P one. I'm I'm a little nervous. Not so nervous against Echo Fox though. What do you think the line is on that? Immortals minus four
0: hundred.
1: Okay. You said the same thing I did. Okay. So we're gonna split it. Uh, it is Immortals minus five fifty six. They're still I mean compared to Echo Fox and the Echo Fox our, our poor Echo Fox fans. It's been a hard couple weeks. Um, but I, I understand the line there Echo Fox is plus 350 Which I think is fair I don't want to bet three maps on this
0: No, I don't want to touch this series I <sighs> Echo, box, Echo Fox So
1: Next up Team Solo Mid versus Phoenix 1 First game on day two The the matchup That should have been the finals matchup Of Rift Rivals if You removed the really country yeah. barriers Really should have Phoenix 1 played out of their minds. Yep. I, like, we, we talked about Mike Young and how awesome he is. What else does Phoenix 1 have to do if they want to have uh, an upset potential in this series?
0: So, so here's the thing. Like, Mike Young is the flashy, like, yeah, oh, my God, look at this crazy rookie. Like, yeah, we have a rookie of the split. This is going to be great. He's making all these plays. X-Special is the unsung hero of this team. Mm. They got one of the most... Veteran, consistent supports possible, and they paired him with an MVP eighty carry. That the last eight weeks, you know, let let's say last like take the first month out of the spring split. Then on where he's just dealt with you know four different four different supports, different play styles. Teams realizing like, hey, let's just get in Arrow's face. I always talk about how Phoenix won. Their tanks would just let him die. X Special's not x special is standing next to him every single team fight every time they're running away and he's like nope i'm gonna eat it i'll eat the cocoon i'll eat the tongue lash i'll eat whatever stun i'll do whatever and he is working his damnedest to make sure that arrow stays alive and this is a guy who's played with like every big eighty carry in north america he's played with double lift he's played with chaos he's played with wild turtle uh he's played with uh piglet he played with, you know, lot He's played with some, like, up-and-comers. Like, he's played with a ton of different styles, a ton of different players. He's played with a Korean before, like I said, Piglet. Like, I think he's the perfect support for them. He's a veteran. He kind of fits the, like, Ryu mo- model of, like, he's kind of quiet, he's kind of somber, but he knows his stuff about the game. And he has that veteran experience that he can bring in. Like, I think he's been playing longer than Ryu. In all honesty, I don't know what Ria was doing in season one, but like, X Special was around in season one. He was around in those WCG 2010 qualifiers. Like, this is a guy who's been around the block. And if you want to learn how to be a professional in North America, like, this is the guy. This is the guy who, sure, he had some problems with Reggie, but Reggie still respected him enough and tried to get him a good home. And there were teams out there that wanted him to be on their team despite some of the, like, clashing of personality issues that were on you know, going on in the background so that's really been the young son guy he's someone that can either sit in lane make sure Arrow feels comfortable keep him protected make sure he farms off I can't wait to see Arrow Kogma. I can't wait to see it I can't wait to see special bring out like Alistar and like keep him safe like that kind of stuff that'll be fun um, but he's also the kind of guy that's like alright Arrow's safe Arrow can handle himself I'm gonna roam I'm gonna roam into the mid lane and that is a lot of what Phoenix One did at Rift Rivals. That's a lot of what North America just did in general. Of all right, let's bring the support and jungler into the mid lane. Let's go after these you know guys that just focus purely on their laning statistics. You know, farming up, controlling everything that way. And uh, yeah, it it really worked for them, and I think it bodes well for them going forward. Like you said, this could be a very very dangerous six seed, especially when you look at like, look at Dignitas above. and I love Dignitas. I really I really want to see them excel but we're seeing some top lane changes come in and i don't know how well that bodes for someday i don't want to see someday play super tanks i i want to see him play carries and zig can kind of play everything he's zig feels like he's a master of kled and everything else he's like he's okay like he has some good games he has some bad games um, and tanks take away some of his inconsistencies, I think, in laning, where he can just sit back, and be like, "All right, I'll let you push the wave into me, and I'll farm under tower, and I'll push it back to you, and I'll try and set up a you know Shen teleport or whatever." So things are looking up for Phoenix One, but I think it's more so because of Expecial helping uh, helping Arrow stay safe than it necessarily is this, you know, brilliant spark and, and fire that's been shooting out from, from Mike Young.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think it's both, right? I think mm-hmm. Mike Young being the guy that he is has been a massive impact as well, just in terms of getting the early game going the way that they want. But, yeah, I feel 100% vindicated by my decision to put X-Special as my third team all-pro support last split. I got a lot of flack for that at the time, but I, I, all the things that you're saying or all the things that I saw in him and I've continued to see in him throughout his career. He is consistent. He is reliable. He makes enough plays to keep his AD carry relevant. And for Phoenix One, that's been a huge shift for them. i got to be honest. I think that this team could very easily sneak into a playoff spot. I think that the way yeah. they're playing right now is is better than what I'm seeing from Dignitas or Envious right now. And, and we'll see those teams can still... Pick things up but if, if phoenix One continue on this path i would not want to be the three seed going up against the six seed phoenix one yeah like would, I would you want rather... to be
0: C- like would you want to be clg going against phoenix one
1: no no do you want to be immortals versus phoenix one no probably not Does cloud9 want to meet phoenix one not really you'd much rather play dignitas or envious than, than that no. phoenix one right now yeah. and that's going to be very interesting how that whole seeding goes right i i think that we're certainly going to have to see more but you know three and seven it's not impossible they're only two games back right now
0: yeah it, it's 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 definitely doable like it's definitely doable from them and it's it's doable from from flying west. we'll get yeah. to that
1: in a we'll get to that where do you think the line is
0: TSM minus 250
1: ah come on here monster I said TSM minus 240 you get it TSM wait, minus wait. 278
0: why would you pick 240
1: um, there's a line that is pretty much exactly there. Okay. I forget which decimal place it is. Okay. But yeah, I, I thought it was going to be... I, I saw I that. I'm like, why?
0: 240 seems like such a weird number.
1: <laughs> the, it, decimal system, it, it converts out. But it doesn't matter because it's not minus 240. It's not minus 250 either, but it is minus 278. So you get the point there. Uh, Phoenix 1 plus 200. I, there's some value in that. TSM riding off the high of an international competition. Maybe took some time to, to enjoy themselves and celebrate. I don't know. Just like here, here's,
0: here's the thing. Um, we haven't seen the, like, bad TSM loss yet. Yeah. And, and I'm, like, I'm, like, straining. I'm, like, it's getting late here. This – this isn't, like, this isn't a bad one. Like, I, the, the sweet spot would have been them losing to Cloud9. Like, that was the sweet spot of, like, when they had these, you know, losses to, like, Echo Fox. These bad, weird, kind of ugly losses. And then the week after, a la Rift Rivals, is when all of a sudden they come out and they, you know, 2-0 the top two teams. The other top two teams in the league. And all of a sudden TSM is at the top of the table. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, TSM is the best team in North America. I'm wor- I'm like slightly worried, but I still think that TSM is coming off a really large high from winning Rift Rivals, and that they yeah. finally really figured out what they're looking at. Th- this could be a really close series.
1: Yeah, I, I like just intrigue. think plus two hundred might have value, um, but we'll see whether how how you feel about it when we get some more uh, lines in here. CLG versus Dignitas. How do we feel about Dig, man? Like I, it feels like. Feels like going 0-2 this week, including a loss to fly quest. Like I'm, I'm getting a little sick of this. I gotta be honest with you. I, I'm a little, I'm peeved. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm frustrated. You're peeved. You're peeved. Yes, I'm peeved. I'm, peeved. We're all I'm peeved. annoyed. Why, I, why is this happening? Walk me through it. Why are we here? How did we get here?
0: I, I don't know. It feels, it feels like they're sort of falling back into this, like, oh, we'll just let someday, you know, split push us to victory kind of thing. Um, but they also have, like, CLG syndrome where they're just not consistent enough. And I think it's the bot lane. I, I really think the bot lane here is to blame for most of their issues. Um, we know that Shrimp can be aggressive. In the, like Shrimp feels kind of like acadian where he's super aggressive in the early game. He looks really, really good. In the early game, yeah, yeah, I know. They have terrible early game statistics. He doesn't 40. have great... EGR. Whatever. <laughs> eye test-wise. They look super aggressive early on, and um, and you're like, yeah, like, this is really flashy. Like, he's, he's making some plays, and then he just falls off. Like, he doesn't know how to team fight. He doesn't know what to do after, like, 25 minutes of the game when he can't gank anymore. It's like, oh, okay. So they're relying on Someday to be their primary playmaker. They're, re- you know, re... Trying to have Keen be this guy that's making all these roams, that's trying to set up all these plays in the jungle, and then you sort of have this bot lane where you're deciding between lot or tech and lod I just don't think has the mechanical strengths, but he's a little bit better in team fights, and tech has the mechanical strengths, but he's not great in team fights because he's a scared little chicken, like. And now that there's Thornmails, he's totally justified of like I don't want to be anywhere near this. I totally get that now. Um, they've looked better with Alltech, in all yes. honesty, because I think he has more, he's better in lane. He has the mechanical skills to handle some of these really really good and aggressive eighty carries and lanes. And I just don't think lot is there anymore. Like I'm I'm off the train. Um, it's unfortunate because I think his play style kind of fits them pretty well when you're focusing on you know mainly top and mid lane. It's nice to have someone who's just can tower push tower push tower push. but if you can't lane, it's kind of a problem like if you can't play anything but zigs and you're an 80 carry, maybe you should not be an 80 carry. Not a... I, I don't know but to be fair he looks like if you go back and look what he played Ezreal last split, he looked really good on Ezra. And if these Triforce kind of 80 carries make a comeback, maybe he looks better on them. Like, I, I'm i just sick of it. I'm just tired. I just want Dignitas to decide whether they want to be a good team or whether they want to be a bad team. Because this, like, this like we're going to go back and forth between maybe we're going to be dangerous in the playoffs or maybe we're going to be a bottom three team in the league. Like, pick one of those things and just be it. I, I'm. This must be what Jyn Air fans feel like. Oh, yeah. like this yeah. must have been like what Jenner and Steel like, like because I am so excited for them one moment and then the next moment like my heart's broken in a million pieces and I'm I'm dying while giving birth to my two twins named Luke and Leia.
1: Wow. Okay. That that got a little, I uh, got dark real quick. I it's I gotta say it's been interesting with Dignitas because they've been the anti CLG. Their game twos have been solid. They do a very good job of adapting. Yep right away uh, it seems like funnily enough they've had a better job on on red side than they have on blue uh, in a lot of this which is kinda interesting mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not I, I'm not sure what the answer is here because I, I think that the, the big problem right if you're not gonna have the great early game which as a whole they don't then what you need to do is you need to set up vision and get the team fights and be setting them on your on your terms and, and words placed per minute is not a great stat, to, mm-hmm. to point all of that out, because you can place a whole bunch of words and not act on them properly. High Team Liquid, who leads the league in words placed per minute. But three worst teams in Vision in the league, Dignitas at 3.46, Echo Fox at 3.44, FlyQuest at 3.39. They've all got a very similar problem. They don't know how to close games. And they don't know how to force the team fights on their terms. That they need to have those big moments to turn the game around. They they do very well if they can snowball. They can get those early leads and hold on to it and just split push. They're all right. But I, I have deep concerns about their ability to play as a five-man roster and, and make the most of it uh, in, in those kinds of situations. It's. And their early game is not nearly good enough for me to say like, oh, but it'll be fine because they'll figure it out. It, it's not, it, they're not there yet. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate to see. Uh, Dignitas fans, you're back in the trust the process mode. Have fun. Um, where do you think the line is, Walter? CLG minus
0: 300. I don't believe in Dignitas anymore.
1: Stop it. Why? Why are you doing this to me? I said CLG minus two seventy five. It's CLG minus two ninety four. You get the point. Almost exact. Dignitas plus two ten. I I don't want to bet on this series. I, I'm I'm I am I'm just kind of done with uh, with believing in Dignitas. Though so we should at least look at three maps here. Um, three maps is out to... Um, uh, plus 115.
0: I mean, I'd almost guarantee that's going to happen because it's Dignitas to and CLG.
1: Yeah, no. It's, it's, it's like, oh, look, the team that's the best at, at uh, game twos versus the team that's uh, worst at game twos. Feels like game three is going to happen, so we might have to come back to that. Um, Cloud 9 versus Envious. We've already talked about Cloud 9 today. Give me a quick, like, two, like 60 seconds on Envious. How are we feeling about them right now?
0: They could be really, really good if they replace Seth. Mm. They could be really, really good. Um, they also need to decide who they want their mid laner to be. I, I like, if they're trying to be a good team and not just a like you know fringe playoff level team, I think they need to just make a decision stick with whoever it is and, and let them get the experience playing in the LCS, let them get the experience of playing against Bjergsen and Jensen and Ryu and Hui and all these other, you know, really great, uh, you know, North American mid laners that are all imports um, and, and just get the experience and then look towards next year to really have this core lineup that's really strong. Um, Apollo and Hakuo and Lyra are, are all studs. Like, if I can have Apollo and Hakuo as a bot lane, I take them. Like separately, they're probably not as good, but together they just mesh. And it's, I think it's I think it's more Hakuo. Like, Hakuo is amazing. Hakuo is fantastic. And I remember when he came in, we were all just mocking, like, what? Who is this guy? He's terrible. Like this is it. And he's sort of turned into this like stud of a support. He's you know besides Smoothie and uh, besides Smoothie and Biofrost, like he's probably the third best support in North support
1: in north america can, can i be honest with you i think he's out playing smoothie right now i think he's a, he's not number two right now he's really good he, and he's doing like like if you think about the degree of difficulty yeah. right like cloud nine has a whole bunch of other things that can gotta help set smoothie up to make these plays hakuo has been you know it, even if the stats don't necessarily yeah, back no, up no, all of this I, like he's doing so much to keep them relevant to keep that laning yeah. phase safe to to really push out these early game advantages and they do have the best early game in the league 59.3 the problem is they're not converting on it Yeah, Uh, is very good at getting them ahead but then when it comes down to the team fights that are supposed to keep them there uh, that's where they're really struggling Uh, and it's hard to believe in a team that struggles this much to close out games where do you think the line should be on this series I'm going to say Cloud 9 minus 3 at this one as well. This has really been a rough couple weeks for me. I said uh, Cloud9 minus 400. I thought we were going to be done treating Envious like a, a series threat to the top tier teams. Uh, it is Cloud9 minus 323. That puts Envious at plus two That I think that's fine. I don't want to bet I, uh, three maps on I, this. I,
0: I think we have to respect Envious because I think they're showing, excuse me that they're the best out of like Dignitas Envious and, and Phoenix One. Like over the course of the entire split. Now like granted Phoenix One is coming on hot here, but I think Envious across the board is like better. Like other than Sarah like if they replace Seroff with like someone slightly above average, like let me let me put it this way. How much better is this team with well, I guess he's, he's like average. Seraph is like the mid-middle...
1: Yeah, that's the problem. You, top you can't, he's not as easy to, to replace as you think, especially because it would require an import slot that they don't have. No, it doesn't. They want to make... Yeah.
0: No, Seraph is not an import.
1: Right. So you would have to get another non-import because oh, they have yeah. a import in well, the like jungle.
0: How, mu- how much better would this team be with Zig?
1: Like if Not, was on this I team think Zig was is TV much better. worse than. Uh, oh, you Zig's think he's worse than, worse than, Sarah. than so. okay. Yeah, Zig has that's been face checking bushes like there's no tomorrow. That's fair. I, I've really been uh, against. What's, what... I think Zig is taking a step back, which has been frustrating to watch. Okay, that's
0: um, fair. That's fair, then. I'm.
1: It, if Licorice wanted to move up, he might be the one guy. Stop like, it. Oh, come stop on. Stop it. Are we, I, are we it. off the Licorice hype train? No, I we're it?
0: super on the Licorice hype train. I just I. He needs No, I I have thoughts about where he should have.
1: Okay, well, well, we'll have to save that for our licorice podcast later on, uh, which will be both about the player and the food um, for a, kind of a nice blend there. Let's uh, move on. to Liquid versus FlyQuest. It's fine. To Liquid versus FlyQuest. Walter, FlyQuest. I, no, let's
0: talk about licorice instead. Let's talk about black licorice. No, I want to talk about black licorice and why it is the most disgusting food on the planet. I would rather talk about that for 10 minutes Than even waste any breath on these two teams because I don't want them to exist anymore. I'm Black Quest
1: won two games last. I don't care. We have to care though. I don't care. Why why did this happen? How how did they pull this off? We have to at least answer that question. Is it because either the answer is that both teams that they played against just flopped, which I think to some extent is true, but they were also doing things. What were they able to do that we haven't been able to see up until this point this season? Just
0: team fought. Like, at the end of the day, that's all it came down to is they just waited for a big team fight at the end and they won two or three of them in a row because that's all this team knows how to do. If you're asking for FlyQuest to individually match up with any other team in the league, including happy birthday Steve Aaron set, like, it's... They can't. They just can't match up individually. Their only hope is to drag this out to 35 minutes, 40 minutes, where gold leads don't matter or where you can just win a team fight and take Baron and then, you know, slingshot the game back that way. Like, this is not a team that's going to win in the early game. This is not a team that's going to win in 25 minutes or 30 minutes. This is a team that their wins have to come in that, like, 35 to 40-minute mark. And I'm sure Chase is going to look at the scoreboards and see what the time for all these games were. And, of course, FlyQuest probably won two of them in 25 minutes or something stupid because... Nah. screw the eye test, but...
1: No, a 44.6 early game rating, only Dignitas is worse than them. They're not winning the early game. Yeah, so... It's not going well.
0: I, I just... I, That's not where League is right now. That's not where the game is at right now. It's not late game scaling. It's not trying to win these late team fights. And if the teams that they played against, we're talking about Echo Fox and... and uh, Dignitas. And Zignatos, like the two
1: teams that we've already complained on this podcast, either in previous episodes or today, don't know how to close out games.
0: Yeah. So what what should I take away from this? Like FlyQuest is a is a more cohesive shot calling team. They're a better team fighting team because some of their players have been playing together for a very long time, and and they do have this like late game cohesion. But other than Moon. None of these players, like, if I could replace these players with someone else to play the first 25 minutes of the game, and then at 25 minutes, pause, bring out this roster to finish out the game with the exception of Moon, have him play the entire time, like, yeah, you might have a really good team, but the first 25 minutes, I don't, this team is off. I don't want to watch them. They don't know, they don't have the mechanical skill to make plays in the early game, so I don't care that's we're seeing teams win games at 29 minutes we're seeing teams take baron at 21 20 minutes in the game and FlyQuest is like all right guys we still have 15 minutes until we might be able to win this thing let's go let's go it's like watching clgeu without the mechanical prowess of frog hitting every single cs and caster's going okay let's see how many cs in a row he can hit without missing because that used to happen during clgeu games in season two
1: where they just be true. like,
0: "All right, this is his sixth wave, and he hasn't missed anything. Seven, oh, oh, oh! He finally missed one. And he just got thirty-five CS in a row without missing one. Like you don't have that with FlyQuest. It's boring. I hate watching this team. Ugh, I'm yeah. so glad they won't be in franchising.
1: Is, are we sure that? Is, I'm I'm changing my tune.
0: I'm changing oh, okay. my tune. I don't want to see this team in franchising.
1: We're going to have to That's going to be A story to follow Especially now As we're getting Overwatch League details I think that's going to be An interesting sign Of of how these things Are going to go uh, where you see you me think, Rolling my eyes I see it I see it Where do you think The line is Walter
0: I want to say Team Liquid Just for the memes But I also want to Secure the victory For the week FlyQuest minus 175
1: Okay come on now Stop it are you, are you? Are you? Did you make your lines after mine? Because all these even just five or ten below me, just to snipe me. I hate no. it. I hate this. You, no, the you difference been... is that
0: I kind of know where you place your lines now. I I am doing what you think I'm doing, but I'm doing it before I get your lines.
1: It's unfortunate because this means you're going to get the week because I said FlyQuest minus one eighty, and it's it's close. FlyQuest minus one sixty seven, but you're now five points closer, and with that. You take a lead in our challenge. Man, I, I don't know, I'm off. I, I think the stars have been misaligned. Uh, the Jupiter's sun is in the wrong Jupiter's moon is in the wrong part of the, the world. I I don't know, man. I I'm not gonna watch this series. Is, is it, like, is any, like, What's you're... Team
0: Liquid's underdog rating just real
1: quick? Plus one twenty five. Three maps is even, so there's no value. And why would you want to bet on this series? Because you're a degenerate gambler,
0: and I don't know. No, I'm a there's, degenerate
1: there's no gambler, and I don't want to bet on I this just,
0: series. I just want to say, since I purchased the belt, I've been riding a hot streak. Yeah. I've been riding a hot streak since the belt was officially purchased.
1: I don't, I don't like any of this. I just want to be on the record of saying I, I don't approve. I don't appreciate it. That's
0: fine. You don't have to appreciate or approve of anything.
1: That's that's becoming more and more clear. Cloud Nine versus Immortals for first game on Sunday. Sixty seconds. How does this match go? What are, what are you expecting to see here?
0: Um. This is gonna be a super 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 close series. Yeah. That is gonna be won by Jensen. Mm-hmm. Or one of the supports. Like every game is gonna come down to one play where one of those three players do something, and it's and it's gonna be like, it's gonna be like an incredible flash hook. It's gonna be a four man shockwave. It's gonna be, you know, uh, it, I I don't know, but it's gonna be like an incredible play where at the end of the season we're gonna look back and go like, this is one of the best plays of the year. Um, I think these teams are really, really evenly matched, and it's just going to come down to their playmakers and what they can do. I I don't know. I don't know which way I want to go with this. Like, I'm I'm going to give Immortals the edge just because I have a little bit more faith in, like, Flame versus Impact or Flame versus Ray. Yeah. But I have more faith in Jensen versus Pobelting. I just think Poe Belter can play—I think Poe Belter is a little bit safer of a player than Ray or even Impact. Like, I don't think he'll get caught out—he'll get caught out, like, one less time than Ray or Impact is kind of how I'm putting it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say Immortals, minus 135. But just just know—I just want you to know— Probably three or four times I went back and forth between saying this was even versus saying this was Immortals slightly favored.
1: Yeah, I had the exact same problem. I said Immortals minus 130. It's Cloud9 minus 120. They're the favorites in this series. Immortals minus 108.
0: Wait, why? Why is Cloud9 favored?
1: Uh, Immortals went 102 last week, and Cloud9 went two oh, and they're the same uh, same record. Well, no, actually, Cloud9 is a little bit below, but they have the same map record at fifteen and ten. So, cl-
0: Cloud9 minus one twenty, and minus one hundred eight.
1: That's correct. Three maps is minus one hundred five, so we're not betting on that.
0: I, I, this series is just too difficult to call, in my opinion. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know who wins. Like, like I said, it's gonna come down to like a couple players just making a big play.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be close. Phoenix One versus Dignitas. Can, does Dignitas have the tools to deal with Mike Young and what that bot lane is doing right now?
0: Uh, maybe. I just I, like what is what is Dignitas's win condition? Like Dignitas's win condition here is be a better version of Phoenix. Like have someday just carry. And we saw all last split that just having someday carry isn't a great, a great model. Like when you're just relying on it, like everybody sees it coming. Like somebody picks jacks. Everyone's going to be like, "Hmm, I wonder what Dignitas wants to do. I think they want to play a pick composition. Like, no, they want to play a one, four split. Yeah. And just try and have him win. Like, come on. It's super, super obvious. Um, try and weather the storm and hope that you guys somehow figure out how to close out games because Phoenix one is still not the greatest at closing out games like I still think they have macro problems mm-hmm. I still think that some of their decision making in the late game is suspect but they're able to build a big enough lead that it kind of insulates some of those problems like they still lose team fights at 25 30 minutes they you know it happens. It's just, do they, does it happen often enough, or do they have you know, less, uh, a little enough lead that you can eventually overtake them and you know, slowly grind your way out to a victory? I, I don't know. I don't think Dignitas is the team that's going to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they have the best player on the Rift, and his name is Someday. So there's always a chance that they can just roll over. And yes, I, I, do, I think Someday is the best player on the Rift in the series.
1: According to social media, uh, Mike Young is now our lord and savior. So, how, how dare you say that anyone. Mike um, Young
0: what? is a rookie that's played, what,
1: 10 professional games in the LCS? Like, less than 20 low, professional
0: though. games? Yeah. I'll say less than 20?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I'm aware. I'm just. I, I love the Mike Young hype, but you're right. Somebody's the best player in the series. Yeah, um, my, my one thing, I think that the advantage the Phoenix One has is. They are much better at taking a one-team fight and pushing that advantage than Dignitas is. Dignitas needs to win several fights because they don't really know how to close. Phoenix won. We had a couple games at Rift Rivals where they were behind. They got one fight and then won the game off of it um, because they are just a little bit more decisive. But uh, where do you think the line is?
0: Phoenix mo- Phoenix won minus 150 because I'm not sure the casinos fully trust him yet.
1: Yeah, I well the fact that we both knew that Phoenix one was gonna be the favorite shows they put a little faith in it At least I also said Phoenix one minus 150. Uh, It is Phoenix one minus 125 Uh, Dignitas minus 105 and I got to be honest with you 125 is is a good enough line where I'd consider making that a smart money bet This is a safe like we're pretty sure we're gonna win that one because I'm pretty confident that Phoenix one is a better team Next up. TSM. I, I am too, but I,
0: I wanna see if there's where other value might
1: be. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, TSM versus Team Liquid. Walter, I, I I want your response to the interview that Steve had this week where he said, We are going to field a roster of the best players in League of Legends. That was the thing he said. Team Liquid's gonna do it, man.
0: Okay, buddy. <laughs> okay.
1: I feel, you know, this is what I'm like, Ooh. if you're a Team Liquid fan, aren't you begging him to shut up at this point? Like, you you can't possibly. You, no matter how much of a diehard you are for Liquid, you know that's not true. You just actively know that that's not going to be the case. Because if he did, and if they were going to do it, why didn't listen, they do it for the listen, last five years?
0: Listen, Steve, you are just a hooker on a recorded <laughs> phone call with you saying something racist about Koreans away from being Donald Sterling? <laughs> like, can you just, like, can you just settle on being Dolan for just a, a a little bit? Like,
1: God. I Steve Aaron said it's banned if he's gonna go full Dolan. God.
0: Damn it, dude. Like, just. Just f off. <laughs> off (laughs) yep sorry sorry future wall you know nick the producer you're gonna have to edit this but you know whatever like off why are you talking your team is in last place in the lcs your team is awful your team clearly does not know how to play league of legends why the (laughs) are you out there trying to say like yeah we're, we're you know we're gonna sign the best players in league of legends cool i didn't know you had faker in your sights I didn't know you were going to offer $5 million for Faker to come to North America. That is freaking incredible. I am I am so impressed by your business and your talent acumen. Shut the f*** up. I get it. You're the face of Li- Team Liquid. That is the biggest mistake ever. Like, stop. Please, God, stop. I want to stop editing curse words out of these podcasts when I have to freaking talk about you. Stop it. Like ooh, ooh. this is—it's not funny anymore. It's just I, not. It's
1: pretty funny. I'm sorry. It's not. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's—it's—it's
0: <laughs> it's, it's really not. When you really look at how he has ruined curses and Team Liquid's reputation in League of Legends, because frankly, yeah, it's funny because they're a joke. You're laughing at it because it's so ridiculous that Steve Aaronset would even utter those freaking words. Like, this is—this was one of the three four biggest organizations in League of Legends in season two. Like, we, this is Curse. Curse was the third team. It was them and Dignitas constantly battling it out between who was behind CLG and TSM. Like, this used to be a proud organization. And I, I, I'm I, so sorry to Liquid fans. I'm so sorry that you have to deal with this <laughs> I... I from the bottom of my heart, like if I had to deal with this owner, I would never want to root for this team, and I can only pray to to God or to Trindamir that he's that that racist conversation comes out with that hooker at some point because y'all don't deserve this. Y'all don't deserve Piglet to continually be your eighty carry. You don't deserve to have this guy come out and tell, oh yeah, Golden Glue. We trust in Golden Glue blah, blah, blah. And, and, then have the, one and then have the audacity to come out multiple weeks later and say, yeah, we, we signed the best that league of legends has to offer. You clearly don't, you really don't, or else your team would have accomplished anything in the past five years of being a franchise. Like I'm done. I'm, I'm yeah. I am so f- done with Steve Aaron And I cannot believe, I cannot believe that everyone else just, like, is laughing it off. Like, oh, yeah, it's Steve. Crazy Steve said Like, Dolan gets crucified by the New York media. He gets yeah. – look at Dan Snyder with the Redskins. He gets crucified. And everyone's like, oh, it's all a big, funny joke. Like, any, any eSports media person that has, a, 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 like, a sense of self-worth should be killing this guy in columns. And no, because he's Steve Aaronson, and he's oh yeah, I pull out my HTC phone, and I'm good at marketing, and like uh, Bill Simmons talked about on the podcast, um, talking about uh, NBA free agency, about how like guys like Jamal Crawford or um or, or Jared Dudley, like they, they buddy up with all the media people, and like uh, they're talking about David Griffin the the former GM for the Cleveland Cavaliers, like, Oh, I budded up with all the media people. And now they're talking about him. Like, he's this genius. Like, Oh, he'd set up all the stuff to win. Then the title and all this jazz. Like, no, he didn't. He walked into Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love and LeBron James. Like, of course he's going to succeed. Like, this is what happens when you pay for like Travis Gafford to go to Hawaii, to do pieces in Hawaii about your team. Like you don't get crucified in the media. And I'm, I'm sick of it. Like, Media people in esports are just as much to blame for Steve Aaronset still being around than Steve Aaronset is himself. Like I and I'm friends with people in it, but in all honesty, you guys should be murdering this guy. You should be murdering him in the media with everything he says. Like that's not a joke to say that, and then have a two and eight team that's won six game six maps period in five weeks. That's not like, oh, that's a funny leading headline. Like, that's a headline that you go out and you say, here's every mistake that Steve Aronson has done in the past four years.
1: And here's the thing, right? Like, first of all, I'm so glad we had that rant because that was wonderful. But second of all, we know that individual player talent is not necessarily the problem with Team Liquid. Individually, some of these guys have put out good performances. The problem is they don't play as a team. So even in the best-case scenarios, you're gonna give Steve all of the credit in the world and say that, well, it's not his fault that he didn't know Rainover was gonna be as good, uh, you know, that wasn't gonna be able to live up to the expectations, and he wasn't gonna be able to predict the Golden Glue can't play on a big stage, which really he should, and you can't predict that the Piglet was gonna play as badly as he has, which really you should, but let's say all of that was in his favor, Getting the best individual players is not how you get the best team in the league. It's just not. You need guys that work together. You need people who are willing to sacrifice their resources appropriately. You need people that can communicate well and get along and share the same idea of a team. And for the record, what is Liquid's team ideology? What is their goal? Other than let's hope Piglet carries us every once in a while. Like, I I don't know, man. If If I'm a Liquid fan, I don't want to hear my owner saying those kind of things. Especially, isn't this a split where he said he's going to be more hands-on, focused with the team? Why aren't you, instead of saying these kinds of things and preparing your press releases and getting your headline, which I know you like to do, why aren't you actually working on what's going to fix your team? Why aren't you actually going out there and addressing the real problems rather than selling people on some future idea that you have been trying to sell people on for three years now? I don't want to hear about your future plans. I want to hear what you're doing now because this Liquid team is very lucky that relegations are not a thing.
0: They're surviving to be franchised in because they have Magic Johnson behind them and, and Riot loves that there's Magic Johnson behind them and they're going to hype that up. And
1: Aaron yeah. and, that's
0: still going to have a job when it's very clear that he doesn't deserve one. You don't deserve your job, Steve. You don't. Any, any actual major sport where you're the general manager, you would have been fired
1: by now. You would yeah. have been fired two weeks ago, honestly. Yeah. You would have been there, fired there,
0: in the middle of the season. Let's not freaking kid ourselves here.
1: There are so many periods where you would say that if, if I was running Team Liquid, when would I have fired the general manager? And it, it, it's before this year. Like, there, it's just been... It would have been when
0: he comes into my office in the spring and says, Listen, uh, listen, guys, I want to re Piglet. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> One of the most unmarketable people in the LCS that's not good enough anymore to be an LCS AD carry that we benched and put on our challenger team. You want to re-sign him to our main roster. There's the door. Get out of my frickin' office.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. It's... I have to laugh because otherwise I'll cry because it's just really bad. And it's a shame. And I'm sorry, Team Liquid fans, because you don't deserve this. You don't deserve an owner who cares more about headlines than actually fixing his team. But uh, unfortunately that's where they are. Where do you think the line is, Walter?
0: TSM minus 666, because I hope Satan himself comes <laughs> out and drags Steve Aaron into the bowels of hell.
1: Well I said TSM minus 500? I don't know why I went that low. That was a mistake. TSM minus 1250. We're, we're done with liquid. We're done. It's over. Team liquid plus 600. <laughs> Part is you having to edit the next nine minutes of this. I don't care.
0: I, I <laughs> you, you knew what you were doing on purpose, and I don't have to edit it. Nick, the producer, has to edit it. So I hope he is very, very mean to you on the next uh, Fantasy LCS episode.
1: Sounds I really great. hope so. I, I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna write him a script that brings up Atlanta <laughs> blowing the Super Bowl to New England oh, every it. other sentence. Stop it.
1: I, for the record, I, I just would complete aside. The fact that on our Hearthstone, I saw them trashing the Falcons yesterday, the Lich King blew a 28-3 lead. Like, come on now. Come on, Hearthstone. Is there nowhere safe? Nowhere is safe. You
0: won, you won that argument, man. You won that argument. I would rather not make the playoffs for nearly 20 years than lose like that. You, you have won that argument, friend. It's It's not. I'm going to bring good. that up in, in my best man speech at your wedding.
1: I know. Uh, okay. Echo Fox versus Enemies. <laughs> Let's move on. Get somewhere back on the rails. Where do you think this line is? I, I don't think we need to talk about this series. Right a-
0: envious minus two hundred.
1: I get this one. Because I said envious minus one eighty. It's envious minus one forty-nine. Disrespectful. Echo Fox plus one fifteen. I agree. A little disrespectful. And unfortunately it means we're not getting any value um right. on either side because the 3D maps is, is a minus odd. Let's let's get our smart money bets. Disrespectful.
0: Disrespectful
1: line there. Uh, I think, I think CLG, uh, CLG and Dignitas going three maps is, is a great bet.
0: Yes, plus 115 on that. I take that nine times out
1: of ten. Yeah. Um, I like taking Phoenix 1 minus 125 against Dignitas as a safe bet. I like that. Yeah,
0: I'm down with
1: that. Because uh, what that does uh, is we can take a swing at something if there's anything that pops out to you.
0: I I'm looking at either I'm looking at either like Phoenix 1 beating TSM? Yeah. Or or maybe like envious Cloud 9 potentially?
1: I I'd rather take Phoenix 1 over Let's TSM. do Phoenix 1 over
0: TSM. I'm going to hedge my bet this week. There we go. Phoenix 1 over TSM. I'm okay with that.
1: That's a fan hedge. So it's your favorite. Those will be our 3 Smart Money, but CLG versus Dignitas, three maps plus 115. Phoenix 1 minus 125 over Dignitas, and then Phoenix 1 plus 200 over Dignitas, and the podcast over 70 minutes of quality content here. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I certainly had fun. I, I knew I was unleashing the beast there, but I didn't realize it was going to be that delightful. I, I think that uh, it, it's going to be a, a fun fun week of North American League riding high off of the Swift Rivals and if you enjoyed this uh, you should definitely subscribe to the show uh, either on YouTube or if you want to subscribe to SoundCloud.com slash Of course you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at RedShirtKing if you want to talk to me about anything I said today. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you?
0: You guys can find me at ca
1: underscore LOL
0: where I will be tweeting that segment of the podcast directly to Steve Aronset hoping to to earn a block.
1: I as as we should do Um, and of course if you want to talk to us more directly and during games and things like that we have our discord channel links in the description constantly keeping uh, conversations going on there we've got a great group of people on that site but that's going to be it for us for League of Legends talk but there have been two really great movies that came out in the last week that I think Walter and I want to talk about and share our thoughts with you guys. So if you like that kind of movie talk, stay tuned for that this week. Of course, next week, uh, Wednesday, EU, Thursday, NA, just like always. And until next time, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Drafts podcast on all your favorite
0: social media sites. Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod. Facebook.com, backslash, Rough Drafts Pod. Soundcloud.com, backslash, esports, Rough Drafts. YouTube.com backslash roughdress podcast as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough Dress Podcast. The Rough Dress Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash roughdress pod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening and goodbye, Internet.